Hey, welcome to The Abundant Artist, a podcast for creatives looking to create more abundance in their lives, more happiness, more results, more money. I'm Whitney Eland. I'm an actor, writer, and certified life coach, and I'm going to show you exactly how to start feeling better and how to go after your creative ambitions. Hello, wonderful artists. I hope that you are having an amazing day whenever you're listening to this. Today, I have a special treat for y'all. So there is a an amazing theater company in New York City. It's called Italia Theater Company, and I'm going to share their bio in just a second, but they asked me to be on their board of advisors, which I was so honored and so flattered to, to accept that position. Um, but I was part of my responsibility with that was to help out with their social media. So I gave them a social media webinar that I have recorded because, and I, I want to share with y'all because I think that this is really pertinent information. I know that, you know, all pretty much every artist that I know has a very strange relationship with social media. Um, either they they hate it or they uh, won't admit that they hate it or they won't admit that they love it or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but no one, I, I don't really know any artists that are like, I know exactly what to do and I know exactly what the purpose of it is and all of that. So I, I you're going to listen. It's, it's a lot more about your mindset. So that's why I wanted to share it on here. But anyway, it's a treat. I hope that you enjoy. And I just wanted to share a little bit about Italia Theater Company. So Italia Theater is a New York City-based company founded and led by international women. Italia is Latin for and other. They create art for the other, by the other, and about the other. They strive to foster an accepting community that provides a safe space where people can take risks, push themselves outside of their comfort zones, and collide with an array of international voices, which may be culturally unfamiliar. Italia's most recent projects include White Rabbit, Red Rabbit by Nassim Soliamanpour in association with Aurora Nova, and This Is Me Eating, an online video series turned documentary that deals with food, eating, and body image. The documentary was accepted to multiple festivals, such as the NYC Indie Theater Film Festival, Irondale's On Women Festival, the New Media Storytelling Section, and the Essence of Embodiment Film Festival. Italia was also invited to be part of TEDx Youth at Columbia's conference that happened at the end of March and had the theme Borderline Boundless. For more information about the company, check out www.italiatheater.com. And I have linked all of not only the theater companies, um, you know, their links in the show notes but also the creator. So you can go and check out them as well. Uh, again, I hope that you enjoy this. You'll also hear a guest. I think I introduced at some point, uh, my husband is part of this, John. He is a um, marketing expert and entrepreneur. So he had some uh, great things to add as well. So I hope that you enjoy and don't forget that this is the last few days to sign up for the Abundant Artist Academy if you would also like the free one month of one-on-one coaching to be included with that. So make sure to sign up today at www.abundantartistcoaching.com. Have an amazing day. Bye. So hello, my beautiful friends from Italia Theater Company. Um, we That's the correct full name, right? Italia Theater Co.? Yeah, exactly. Okay, Mm -hmm. amazing. I'm super excited to have y'all here. I'm just delighted by the work that you guys are putting down into the world, and I'm just happy to be part of this. And um, as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to kind of go through some social media tips, strategies, all of that. Um, And then at the end, we'll have some Q&A. So of course, if you, I mean, if something's not making sense as we go, feel free to interject or just know that we'll have time for Q&A at the end. So I'm going to go ahead um, to those of y'all that are just listening to this as a podcast, you're missing out because I actually made a really beautiful slideshow. Um, And by beautiful, I mean, it's for sure a Google template that I did not make myself, Um, (laughs) but it's still pretty cute. Okay. So what I want to talk about today, social media for artists creating a community by making marketing fun. I think that there's a lot of information if you are interested in becoming an influencer, becoming you know social media marketer for a brand or a company. Um, but I think with artists, it's a little bit different. Um, you know obviously there is a product, but it's it's a little bit it's a little different. So we're gonna break this down. Um, also for those of you listening, John, my husband is here. Hello. <laughs> um, he so if you hear a, um, a man talking. That's why um, I invited him. He is a, a, a marketer and uh, entrepreneur. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Not that it matters too much, but um, I, my name is John Uland. I have to be married to Whitney and I'm a marketer, entrepreneur, producer, 
multi-hyphenate as they say and it is. Uh, but I have worked for major uh, tech brands and helped raise money for various um, theater and film projects. So this is something uh, that's fun for me and I also enjoy, uh, well, I enjoy money in general and marketing and getting <laughs> driving conversion for people so yeah without getting too deep in that rabbit hole and john actually introduced me to italia um so fun fun little connection and i see john as a client zero he was the first person that i ever coached and uh one day i'll bring him back and do an interview <laughs> with him okay so social media we want to do this for artists make it fun and create a community okay so overview, the first thing we're gonna talk about are the obstacles to building your following. Second, we're gonna reframe your relationship with social media. Third, I know that everyone wants the logistics, the strategies, the like how to, we're gonna to get to that, um, but I'm putting it third for a reason. <laughs> um, and then fourth, we'll get to Q and A. Okay, so a little bit of why I am here. I am a, um, an artist, I also am a business owner. And some. so I, I've broken down, my team and I have raised almost $50,000 for film projects using social media, um, also emails, but social media was a big part of that. Um, I've booked acting and writing work from my social media pages. I've built a six-figure business solely with social media with less than $400 in paid advertising. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll get a post that I think is really uh, good and I'm like, more people should see this. So I'll put a little bit of money at it, but not much. Um, my web series has a combined 120,000 views on Facebook. My Instagram has 10,000 followers. TikTok has almost 12,000 now. Um, and yet anyone looking at my posts could look at it and be like, eh. or like a social media person would probably look at this and, and be like, and maybe not quite see the uh, strategy behind what I'm actually doing. Um, I say all of this because uh, of some of the misconceptions that I think we have because so much of the information uh, available about social media is specifically for influencers or brands. Um, so. With that said, first, we're going to talk about the obstacles to building a following. Now, y'all know, if you're listening to the podcast, you know this as well. I am a life coach. So the way that I always am, am approaching anything is starting at the mindset, starting at the thoughts that you're thinking that are creating or not creating the results that you want. Um, so uh, the way that I work with clients to create results is we focus on this. Results come from taking aligned action consistently over time. So if you think about if you had this goal of getting a nail into the wall, you would want to continue to hit that exact same nail with a hammer over and over and over again until it goes in. And what I see, and that's like, I guess, a simplistic way to look at it. But what I see a lot is uh, with clients who want to um, create results, but let's say they either stop hitting the hammer, they start to be like, oh, this isn't working. And so then they quit hitting it or they'll try hitting a bunch of different hammers, or I'm sorry, hitting a bunch of different nails with the same hammer and be like, oh, why can't I get one in? Well, if you wanna create the result, you have to continue to hit that, that nail over and over and over again. Um, so what stops you from doing this all comes back again to your mindset. These are the things that I hear the most with my clients that I hear in conversations, all of this. So the first one is confusion. I think that a lot of us feel like I don't even know where to start. This just feels like this big, overwhelming, vast expanse of the internet. And I don't know what to do with this. Uh, second one is the cringe factor. I think that especially, I mean, y'all are in the business of raising money for films and it feels really salesy, right? To be like, how do I keep asking for money? And especially feeling like you, you know, we're kind of constantly raising money <laughs> as independent and creators. And so not wanting to come across just like you're begging and, and trying to make a sale all the time. Um, this next one is a term that I made up. I call it FOPE, fear of public embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I actually see the most, um, <laughs> thank you, um, that I see the most from my clients is just this fear of looking really silly and looking like, who am I to even do this? And it's going to be cringy, you know, fear of like making a post and people screenshotting it and texting it in a group message or, you know, fear of people being like, who, who the hell does, does she think she is um, DMing it in, in, you know, all of that. So that is a big real uh, fear. Uh, the fourth one I have is your self-concept when a lot of the time we'll see, um, 
I don't know. I'm sure that there are people that even would look at me and say like, well, I couldn't have that. That couldn't be me. Like, who am I to create a following? Who am I to, to become an influencer in any kind of space? That's just, I'm, it's kind of this, um, this uh, gap in what you believe you can do. Um, and then the fifth one, and all of these kind of tie together is I don't offer anything valuable. So again, this kind of comes back to what do I even say? It all feels graspy, it feels embarrassing, it feels cringy, all of these things. Uh, yeah, if I could just add in, Whitney is, has been talking about this from the pers uh, perspective of, of her clients and things like that, but it's the same for brands. What, the, what applies to individuals definitely applies to brands here. Uh, when you're just getting started in social media, if you're if you've got a brand, or whether you're, if you're trying to promote your own personal brand, that confusion of I don't know where to start, folk. <laughs> I love that. Like, what if I put something out there that just it just fails, you know? And 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 you and will. people can see yeah. that no one liked it, and then it's embarrassing. Yeah. Yes, that's that's I I fear that all the time that there's gonna be like three likes, and people are gonna see that, and am I gonna delete the post, or people are gonna see that I deleted the post, and right. it's like this whole thing. <laughs> Yeah. Totally. So, so all this, all of these things definitely, and it's the cringe factor. Don't want to be salesy. Um, I would say brands, it's at, that one, that one actually doesn't stop them and it should. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, keep that in mind. But. And something also just to think about, like, I even think that the term uh, your brand can be such a buzzword. Like people are like, what's your brand? What's your theater's brand? And it can get kind of like, ugh. like, I don't know. I'm just, a, I'm an artist. And especially with actors, right? We're like, well, I don't have just one, like I'm a type maybe, but I can play a lot of different things. And so branding can um, feel, feel nebulous, but we'll break that down as well. <clears throat> Okay, but all of these things boil down to this thought, this belief that um, we have that is like subconscious of no one really cares what I have to say, and I'm not really worthy of being heard. So if you think about our brains, and again, this is going to come back to life coaching, um, our brains, we have evolved, our human species has evolved from, from cave people, right? Like cavemen who needed to stay in their community. They needed to stay in the cave because if a cave person went off into the woods by themselves, they could eat poisonous berries. If they were rejected by their families, then they would have to do all of the hunting on their own. They were more likely to be eaten by bears, right? So we do have that. They have this primal instinct to stay, just keep, you know, stay in the middle of the pack, keep doing what everyone else is doing, keep just like stay safe, stay with the community. That still is an instinct that we have as humans, even though we've evolved since cavemen, but our brains perceive doing anything new as threatening. And especially, you know, when you're moving into the social media space, that's kind of like you venturing out of the cave on your own, right? Your brain is gonna perceive that as really scary and really dangerous, um, especially if you add in the vulnerability of like, I might need to ask for money or I like, you know, I'm putting my art on the line. What if people, like, I think that I've made this amazing, you know, play. And what if people don't agree with that? Like that, there's a lot of vulnerability in there. So um, this, these thoughts of like, no one cares what I have to say, I'm not worthy of being heard. They ultimately all are just keeping us safe. But the way that this plays out in social media. So if you have this thought, no one's going to care what I have to say, our thoughts always create the feelings that we're having. So the feelings, the emotion that is created by this, no one's going to care what I have to say, could be doubt, right? Like insecure feeling, um, I don't know, just unworthy might be the emotion. Well, the actions that we take are always guided by the feelings that we're feeling. So the actions um, are going to, when you're feeling doubtful, when you're thinking no one cares what I have to say, one is you just avoid it entirely, right? Like this is when you just don't even get on social media, you don't post at all. Second one is you become really salesy, right? Like in an attempt to disprove that people don't care what you have to say. And sometimes we overdo it. We like try and overcompensate. It's like being persuasive, right? Like I got to prove to you that, that this is worth your time. And then that, that's when you become salesy. Yeah. It becomes this kind of like convincing energy that you're trying to prove your self-worth and prove that what you have to say matters because at the root, you, you don't believe that yet. Yeah. Um, this can kind of look like if you, going back to like, I don't know, in nature, in the wild animals that like puff up when they're scared. Um, we try to make ourselves look important, right? So we'll maybe try and post things that look really, really glossy or really professional instead of um, being vulnerable and, and sharing. The humble brag. <laughs> yeah. It can be, that can be part of this. 
totally. Um, another thing going back to like, if we want to create results, you have to take consistent action over time, aligned consistent action. Well, if you're feeling like no one's going to care what you have to say, you're going to start and stop, right? If you're only taking action when you're feeling motivated, then you're not going to be consistent. Um, another thing that I have on here is you shit on your audience <laughs> you talk to your haters. So this is something that I've, uh, unfortunately personally had experiences with, but I'll talk about, uh, something that I see in the, um, coaching community a lot. So, uh, as I mentioned, I'm a life coach. I'm not sharing, uh, this to convince you to become a life coach, but it sometimes it's easier to hear examples from something that's not quite in your brain. Um, to, to like understand the, the metaphor. If it's too close to home, sometimes we can't hear it. So I'll see coaches who have this thought, no one's gonna care what I have to say, I'm not good enough. And so then their social media is them trying to prove that they do know what they're saying and that they are good enough. And so then they end up just talking to their haters. So they'll end up saying like, I know that you don't believe in me, but here's all of this thing which then just creates a dialogue that you're just talking to people that don't care what you have to say and that uh, like engaging with the people that don't believe in you. And the result is that you, it just perpetuates to you this idea that no one cares what you have to say and that you should go back into the cave. You should quit, quit trying, right? When you're doing this, when you're in this space, you lose all of your creative energy. And so any ideas for creative content completely go out the window because you're in this kind of like convincing energy that feels really, um, really pushy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, a way that I think that this can show up with um, art. So John had a, uh, this was a couple years ago now, he had a, a, a person on his social media uh, who started a dialogue that was very uh, hateful and um, racist. And I got on and was definitely in this like kind of attacking mode and he fired back and kind of had an upper hand. And anyway, it didn't turn into a good situation. And while I still stand by the things that I said and the way that I was standing up for other for people, um, that energy for me became like, they don't believe me. I need to convince whatever. And so for me, then when I was feeling this like kind of, uh, engaged, like fighting kind of way, I, unfortunately decided that that was the right time to make a piece of art <laughs> and well, it's not the arts the art was great it was the, yeah the audience that you chose to. yeah so so anyway ended up roping john and and Nora, my writing partner into this this project which i mean you could still probably find on youtube it's called white savior we we're talking about the um just how like white privilege is a real thing and how like dismantling that is important but it was all talking specifically to the people who don't believe in it in a really cheeky and derogatory way where I really was just like poking the bear. And um, what ended up happening was then it, uh, the haters all found it. They started trolling my other accounts and like kind of bullying me. Like, and then it just perpetuated this idea that I had that my ideas were bad and unimportant and I should never talk up. A little bit of folk as well. Yeah, a lot of folks, lots <laughs> of public embarrassment. Um, okay, so the solution to all of this, though, and why I'm starting with all this, I know, again, everyone wants the tactical things, but is because the solution, so this all come back to your brain, come to your mindset, come to these thoughts that you have about yourself, um, and knowing that, like, and, and so when we start to shift these thoughts and start to change and believe that what we have to say does matter and is valid, you're just going to naturally start to create different results because you're going to be able to circumvent, circumvent the part of your brain that wants you to just start and stop and talk to your haters and do all these things. So next thing is we want to talk about reframing social media and changing your idea of what it is and what it is not. So what we essentially want to do is change the fuel, right? If you think about a car that you're putting gasoline in, if you're putting the wrong kind of gasoline, the car's not going to go very far. But when you put in the right kind of gasoline, it's going to move faster. So when we shift the intention of what you're sharing on social media, shift it from getting to a place of serving, then you become a bulletproof asset. And then all of the results that you want, the clients, the money, the followers are going to come naturally and be a beautiful byproduct. 
So we're gonna break this down a little bit more. There's a, um, a coach who's a marketing expert and her name is Simone Gray Soul. She has this, this uh, quote, marketing is not for maximum exposure, clicks or numbers. Marketing is for high quality human relationships. So ultimately all of these are gonna come back to if you're looking to gain those that exposure that clicks the numbers, it's only going to, um, you're gonna end up shooting yourself in the foot. But if we can focus on creating these high quality human relationships, then that's when the results that you want are going to catch up. Yeah, this is great. I think it, uh, I think we get it backwards a lot. We, we, we as marketers, we think, uh, yeah, we go for these numbers because they're measurable. They're easy to, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I got this many clicks or I got this much conversion on a particular campaign or made this much money, but, it, that is all that should all be indicative of a high quality relationship with your customer um, or the person who's paying you money, whatever you want to call them, right? Your investor, your customer, your, your audience, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, but when we when you fail to put that part first, then uh, then those clicks and, and things are they don't mean anything. They're all superficial, really. They might get you short term gain, but in the long run, it'll, it'll kick your butt. And I think something also that we want to think about with, uh, so with Italia, y'all are, you know, theater makers, right? So the way that you, like, I think that, I don't know, you haven't said this, so I'm not trying to uh, put this on you, but I think the inclination a lot of the time is to, you know, get as many followers, get as many clicks, get as much engagement, right? So that then that will turn into money. Whereas if we shift it in, from getting, right, to building these relationships, these high quality human relationships, actually going to be a lot more effective. Um, I think John was the one who shared this statistic with me that um, social media on its own only has like a one to three percent conversion rate, meaning that out of all of the people who even like your post, only one to three percent are going to actually take action from it. So you might have a post where um, it gets a hundred likes, maybe only one person is going to click the link and donate on it. So the numbers in itself can be a little discouraging and it can feel like the inclination is like, oh, then I just need more and more numbers so that that 1% raises. However, what we want to start focusing on is if you actually create, like, let's say you went out and you created 20 amazing human relationships with your followers and only focused on those 20 relationships, then those people become your marketers, right? So because they start um, inviting their friends, they start sharing your work and basically being referrals for you um, in a way that is way more efficient and way more effective and way more long-term than just focusing on getting those like numbers up and hoping that a random person who clicks on the link will give you $5. Anything else? Um, so we wanna just reframe, what is social media not for? Um, instead of thinking of it, we don't want it to be for making sales, for getting jobs, for showing off, for proving your worthiness as a human, for any kind of getting. Anytime that you have the intention of like, I'm going to get followers, I'm going to get um, you know, money, I'm going to get an email list, whatever, your energy is probably not going to be the most helpful. What is it for? Connecting with humans, building long-term relationships, creating a community, becoming an asset and giving. When I say, when I say becoming an asset, um, we want this to be something that y'all, the information that y'all are posting and the content that you're creating is an asset for other people and something that people want to, um, to be a part of, right. And that is going to follow you everywhere. So, um, like, for example, I don't, uh, like lately, I haven't been spending as much time on Instagram. I've like moved over to TikTok, but the people have followed me there or I found new followers there, right? Because anywhere I'm going, I'm the asset, not my social media page, right? It's not necessarily about the number or the likes or anything like that. It's about what you're actually offering. Maria, did you know very Yeah, I was going to say that like, I think that's very important because I've been thinking a lot about how, you know, Facebook used to be the thing and now Instagram is the thing. Now TikTok is a newer thing. And that is just going to change like the actual platform, the actual app or whatever. But if people follow the person behind it, then that's a lot easier for them to follow you everywhere you go. So that's really important to, I think I like forget sometimes, um, but yeah. Absolutely. And, and with social media in particular, remember you don't, uh, you don't own your audience. You don't own how you don't get to control how often they see your posts and, um, and, 
where in their stream that gets put placed and things like that. Like that is up to Facebook or up to TikTok. Well, not quite yet up to TikTok. It's kind of a wild west, but Instagram and, and Twitter, it's kind of up to those. And it eventually, ultimately is up to those companies, right? Uh, so if- and the algorithms. And, yeah, algorithms. that's what I mean, yeah. their algorithms. So uh, if you build your, if you, if you build your entire social media, but people did this back, you know, in what, 2000, I want to say 2000, uh, 10 or 12, something like that, where uh, or in, in those early 2010s, they would build their entire business around, you know, a Facebook group or a Facebook page. And then Facebook changes their algorithm and they lose and they're, they're focused on getting from their audience. And all of a sudden they lose all their audience because Facebook changes the way they display posts to people. And, and so if you, but if you had, if you're focused on giving and providing value, just like you said, Maria, your audience will follow you wherever you go. And that is, is key. Yeah. Because then like your audience is like more annoyed at the algorithm than you are. And they're like, fine, where do I find you? <laughs> like how, how else do I get your information? Um, so the way that the, the best way that I found to do this for artists is to just think of it as making this a party. And I've totally, this is also something that I learned from Simone Soul. So making your social media, thinking of it literally like you are hosting a party and that every person there opted in to come to your party because they want to be there. So how? So essentially this comes back to, you know, your intentions behind it, but also we want, you basically have to keep talking as if people are listening until they are listening and assume that people are there, want to be there because you have, what you have to say matters and showing up as an expert. We'll get into a little bit more. What is an expert? What isn't, but essentially, so like, for example, when I started TikTok, I, I downloaded the app like over a year ago, but I just decided, uh, in February, it's April now, that I was like, oh, okay, I think I do want to start like building a following on this platform. And for a while, it was like pretty desolate, pretty embarrassing, right? Of me just like showing up and offering value and sharing things and no one was watching it. But it's like this continual like show up, keep acting like people care, keep acting like people are watching. And then, you know, and TikTok's great for, you know, um, like they do help you like the, the, the platform like connects people to you, um, in a really beautiful way. But it, so eventually then when one of my posts did take off, then the people who are following who like found me from there and started following me, were able to go back and look at and be like, Oh, look, she has all these other things to say too. She must be really valuable. She must be some sort of expert in this field. So it really is this kind of like blind faith of continuing to like show up as if people care what you have to say, even when the numbers are showing you something completely different. Um, another thing, and I, I might have this later in the slideshow, I don't remember exactly, but we wanna start to think of your your page, like even if we're, we're talking about Instagram, that your page is almost like a resume. It's not, um, each specific post and each specific interaction doesn't matter as much as it feels like it does in the moment, right? There's that phobe of like, oh, no one liked this. They only got three likes. But, and this is how I had a brand reach out to me. Um, well, let me back up. So I, I made a piece. Uh, I co-created a, a little comedy bit. It was super fun. Um, didn't get a ton of interaction, like probably posted it at weird hours. You know, I don't know, whatever. But it didn't get a lot of interaction. Well, a few months later, I made a story. I tagged a brand in it. Um, they clicked on it. They went to my page. They saw that specific video that didn't do well. And they're like, oh, she's the kind of person who does comedy writing. Let's hire her to do comedy writing for us. So it's less about, and that's something I think we want to think about. Like, And what I was saying at the beginning is like, you could look at my page and be like, this this post is a hundred likes, like sad for her, but it like, that doesn't necessarily mean that it didn't convert into something else later. Um, so thinking of it more of like this long-term approach, showing up as your, as the expert, as if people care what you have to say. Um, so what is an expert? It's not faking the important, your importance or telling off your haters, but it is sharing your journey with people one step. And I put in quotes behind you, assuming that every single person who's interacting or seeing your page is there because they paid to interact with it. Because even though they're not actually exchanging, um, currency, right? Like social media is free. They're giving you their time and they're giving you some of their brain power. They've opted in either they've liked your page or, 
um, you know, on TikTok, maybe they've found something similar, whatever it is, giving the people the respect that they have opted in, they have like essentially paid something, they have given something to interact with your pages. Um, and so showing up from that level of respect and then continuing to share with uh, what I call people one step behind you, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, okay, so what are the steps to building this kind of community? I would offer that the steps are whatever you want them to be. <laughs> so as long as you're taking that consistent action over time, and of course you can, you know, you can adjust as you go, but what we like, you could decide that your entire social media strategy is that you're going to just share, I don't know, behind the scenes stories and some quotes on your page or whatever. If you continue doing that consistently over time, then like the steps don't matter as much as the way that you're showing up for them and the way that you're engaging with people once they get to it. So with that in mind, if you could be successful on any platform, sharing any kind of content, what would you want to do? Thinking of it in terms of that way is going to connect you to your audience a lot more than trying to follow any kind of arbitrary rules that people like have to share, right? Like you could break all of the rules and yet you'll be speaking to the people that actually really love you because you're showing up very authentically. And then after you pick these steps, whatever you want it to be, then you go to work with that consistency. Um, okay, so talking about like specifically like your theater company, um, and I think this actually applies um, to individuals as well, but we wanna look at the value. Most importantly, like what value can I offer? And I think that this is where artists get really tripped up because we are um, known for being like cattle, like like the industry kind of treats artists like cattle and like, you know, we're one in a million. And also so many, you know, actors are also working really low paying jobs or whatever. So we, we think that what we have to offer is not valuable. Um, and yet what we want to do is thinking about what, and, and this goes into like the audience also, like who would be thrilled to hear about these things? So sometimes for me, I think about like, okay, me five years ago, I wanted, I was a person who wanted to start making her own art. Then like, what would be valuable to that person, to that woman, right? Like, what would she care about saying? Or even thinking about people who aren't in our industry at all. I mean, with y'all, you have such an amazing example or an incredible opportunity of like, you're all from different parts of the world. People are going to be really excited to hear about theater makers in New York City, right? Like that's like the coolest thing ever. And so if you can offer behind the scenes experiences, um, what is it like? Like thinking about people who like, who don't even know what an understudy is, don't know how rehearsals work, don't know how you even get a play. Sharing those kinds of things are really interesting and exciting to people that don't, that don't know. Yeah, I think you're a lot about your journey uh, as individuals coming together uh, would, would make great content. Kind of finding that story and defining that story um, is going to be important, which that's a, honestly a whole other conversation is defining and finding your story. But, um, but without going too deep into that, the fact that you are multiple individuals coming together as a group gives you a lot of content possibilities. Um, I'm thinking right now, uh, there's a band, they're called Lake Street Dive. And, um, and you may have heard of them, maybe not, but they got famous a while back doing uh, YouTube videos and then now they're, now they're you know, legitimate signed to a major record label band. They, um, on their social media, they'll post concert pictures like every other band does. They'll also post some of their music video stuff, but then they also do these weird yeah, behind the scenes in the recording studio or in between like tour like stops, they're eating at a fast food diner and their bassist is doing something stupid. You know, like it is, it's this sort of like a day in the life of like what it's like to be a groupie of, <laughs> of uh, Lake Street Dive. So those are, people find that valuable because they're like, because being, being a performer, as you know, is, well, I think if you are a performer, you probably know how hard it can be, but, you, but as a non-performer looking at performers, like, man, they're living the dream life. They want to, they want to know all the ups and, and the downs, you know, because they, they, they want, they just, they want to get to know you and they want to see what that looks like. And so I don't want to, I guess I'm, I don't want to take too much time on this, but you all individually can contribute, <laughs> and, you know, and get a ton of content 
because you're you're a team and you're all having the shared experience of being you know performers, entrepreneurs, immigrants, and uh, you know other just other exciting aspects all in the melting pot of the world you know of the the center of the of the United States universe sort of thing in New York City like the greatest city in the world the gym is alive I mean even thinking about y'all five years ago wouldn't you think it was like the coolest thing ever to see a community of artists coming together against all odds like making us art and especially I feel like you know this year has been so isolating for so many so to see people and, and I'm thinking I mean I know you're probably not all together right now but even like sharing that you're rehearsing on Zooms, that you have to meet on Zoom, like all of these things of just showing people like what actually goes into that and um, and really uh, connecting in that way. Um, other, other, other examples of value is inspiring, right? I mean, your story alone, all of your stories is inspiring. People eat that up. It's like candy to see inspiring things because it gives us hope, right? That we could make those changes too. Um, anything you can share that's entertaining, which good news again is that y'all are entertainers, right? So even if it is like, um, I mean, and you we could you could go back and look at my page and be like, this seems like a stupid post, but it's entertaining, it's funny, and so it like that that adds to the the overall story of who I am. Um, same thing with teaching. I mean, that's very similar to the behind the scenes, but if you're able to have any teaching moments, um, people find that really valuable. And then I think especially for y'all, connecting via your mission um, of what you what y'all are all about and finding the people who care about that and want to be part of that too um, by having a dialogue with people. Um, so then we look at your audience, like again, who would be thrilled to hear what you have to say? Is it people who care about your mission? Is it people who care about art? Is it people who are a few steps behind you and want to be where you're at now? Really like getting specific on who are, what is that audience for you? Um, and then we look at the actions of like, how do I find these people? Is it, um, you know, and a lot of it is, you know, the hashtags is interacting with other people's posts, finding people whose missions align with your mission, um, reaching out to them, just any kind of like actual dialogue that happens in comments and DMs, like all of those things, because again, we're going to find those individual fans who will help you create more fans instead of like getting blasting to get those like numbers. Um, Lurkers. Lurkers are the best. So um, what I mean when I say a lurker, so there will be people, I mean, I have people on my social media platforms who interact with every single one of my posts and it's like, go girl, like you're awesome or like whatever. They are never going to give me a dime like ever. And that is totally fine. But when I respond back to that, those people and we create a dialogue, and the people who do want to give me money will see that and it will like feed into this story of like, oh, Whitney's like a human, just like me. Um, our dog might join us. Um, but <laughs> also just thinking about. Um, well, if you, if you think about it, it makes sense, right? Like if some random person on the street came up to you and said, you know, buy, buy my product, right? You'd probably be like, no, who are you? And, but if you're, you know, one of your good friends came up to you with, you know, showed you a picture of that person on the street, but yo, you got to go buy whatever this dude's selling. You'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll consider it because it's a referral from someone you trust. And so while the people who are always commenting on your videos, they might not pay you, their, their comments are basically testimonials. And so that when people lurk, as, as Whitney says, uh, when, when people are lurking, they're going to see comments of the people that they know on your post. And that's going to be a referral, basically. I would offer that they don't even have to know you. Um, most of the people who yeah, hire me as a coach don't ever even like follow me on Instagram, but it's like they went to my page. And if you think about this, this idea John has about like if someone is selling, like they're standing on a street corner making sales. I'm thinking like I don't know this like Sweeney Todd times. Hot, no, hot dog sales, yeah. right? Or, or the, nut, the nut stands. But yeah. Is, yeah. But like if you saw one person just shouting and trying to make sales, you might not go engage. But if you saw ten people around them being like, "Oh, this is so amazing," <laughs> you might not even need to talk to them. You would just be like, "They have something that everyone wants," right? And so then you're gonna go and just give them money. You don't need that whole like interaction. New York is a great place for this if you want to see that in real life, right? Where where are you going to go and you're gonna go eat something, right? You're gonna go to the place with the longest line because you know it's good, mm -hmm. and, and that that's the it's the same sort of concept. 
Uh, yeah, and I think also just thinking because you don't want to get too. Um, I think the inclination can be to become resentful of people who aren't giving you money, and instead, it's like and like uh, like I remember at one point being like, this person keeps commenting, they share all my stuff, they're not giving me any money, it's so annoying. I'm like always having to engage with their stuff, and it's like no, that is their like they're like paying me by giving me this this um, by like making me look better <laughs> the sales representatives you don't have to pay it's cool. exactly it's it's yeah perfect. okay so i want to get down into personal pages a little bit and basically this is going to come down to like stop being so creepy and stop being despondent so the, the two ways that i see this one is like the people that are like on set like set life girl boss you know whatever constant and like all of their posts are only at work um and that feels a little salesy and a little creepy or the people that are like i mean all of us artists are, are all uh insecure and afraid at all times so it either plays out in being like trying to overdo it and compensate or by just not doing it all um not hitting that consistently over time so again thinking of your page more like a resume for what people could come back to and see what you've been up to um instead of uh like a tit for tat like i put in this and i get this back so i uh my, i had a manager at one point who connected me with the head of social media at caa which is like one of the top you know two or three agencies she works specifically with artists and so she taught me this i don't even remember her name shout out to her um but this is kind of the uh the way that they um have broken this down for for their actors and their creators because again we it is a brand but it's a little nebulous of what that even means so i think of that she explained this as like a triangle so if if every person if we're looking at this as an individual page we all are more than a triangle but we're a triangle and uh, we each have like three little points that we can can talk about and the reason for three is because it keeps it really simple but it also keeps you really human so what i would suggest if you are interested in and especially i think for y'all because your collective theater company is something that you're selling but there people are really going to be getting behind you as individuals um and so my guess is you're going to get people who follow the page and then also go to your pages and see what it's all about so coming back to this like three-pronged approach finding three areas that you feel like are very representative of you and also are very simple so for mine i have one is an artist you could just make this actor um I, as a multi-hyphenate, just like it to be artist. Um, my second one, I have inspiration slash inclusion. And my third, I have is comedy. So artist, this means any content that is about acting, filmmaking, writing, festivals, projects. And again, remember, this can be behind the scenes. This can be, you know, comedy. This can be entertaining. This can be teaching, whatever it is. My second little triangle is uh, inspiration slash inclusion. So this is where I share co coaching content, my journey, um, how I've gotten to where I am. I share things about feminism, about LGBTQ plus rights, about civil rights, all of those, those things. And then the third one I have is comedy. These are just things that I have are funny. If you see a random post that no one likes, it's probably because I'm like, I thought it was funny and that fits into my three, my three categories. Um, but the beauty about this is again, the simplicity, but it also kind of gives you your brain a rubric for like, what do I need to post? What don't I? Obviously I'm a lot more of a human than these three areas, but like, for example, I am married. I like my marriage is super important to me, but it's not one of my three things because it's not one of my three things um, because I didn't feel like that was the best use of my social media. Um, and so, you know, and again, stories, I feel like all bets are off on stories. You can post whatever you want on stories and just continue to show that you're a human. But I think that this three prong approach can be really helpful, especially when you're feeling like you don't know what to post. Do you want to share? Yeah, yeah, that consistency or the, the yeah, consistency in this area is important, but just know that it can change over time. Mm -hmm. um, like, and, and, and it shows up in the way you introduce yourself. Like. When I introduced myself to you today, I said, you know, I'm John Eulen, I'm an artist, an entrepreneur, and a marketer. Those three things, right? Like, obviously, I'm more than that. I like to longboard. I'm a dog dad, whatever it is. Like, but, but the way I am presenting myself to y'all is those three things. And that's how, you know, at least on my website and some, a lot of my social media that I've paid attention to lately, that's what that comes, that's what that comes across as. I actually, and I think that you, would you share what your three things are though? Oh yeah. I think in general, my three things are going to, 
because marketing and entrepreneurship are basically the same thing, but, um, but being an artist, so I, I'm a musician and, uh, and a designer and all that stuff, art. The other one is entrepreneurship. I start companies, I raise money, I do some really cool stuff. And then the third one is family. Right, which is more of a lifestyle thing. So, uh, so whether that's me longboarding or playing with my dog or or that like that actually works really well for my brand. Right, and I think that there, like, the reason I asked him to point that out is because I think that it is nice to have one of those three things that kind of like for mine comedy. It's like I'm not out here trying like and with john that just really humanizes him having like family posts whatever there's it always... actually is important to me like, don't get me wrong it's not like it's just all everything we do is a strategic decision right it, it it is like there are lots of strategic decisions we make but like those those are very important things in my life that i want to share with other people and but something also to think about so uh this is the example that the the woman who taught this was using was uh she worked with chrissy teigen who, if y'all know, is a supermodel turned influencer, influencer turned mom, turned cook, right? So when I she know. was starting this, she her three things were like model, comedy, and I don't remember, something of uh, maybe like actor or something. I don't remember. Family, maybe with John and the kids or whatever. When she wanted to launch the cooking brand, and they started to slowly introduce cooking as one of the three things. So then her thing kind of, because at the time, anyone who was following her was following a supermodel. So people who are following a supermodel aren't looking for cooking advice, right? Um, and so you have to like slowly build that in, which is why this three prong thing can be really helpful. Like for a while, mine was like artist, family and um, comedy, right? But then as I was building my coaching business, it was like, okay, well, let's swap that one out and just kind of, so that I can introduce my audience to this slowly. So it doesn't just become this like pivot of my career, uh, of my following all of a sudden. But also thinking, I mean, for y'all as um, artists, if you want to become a, um, like it, let's say you're, you're, you've exclusively been an actor and you want to start directing, you could shift directing into one of these three things. I don't, however, recommend having your three things be like, I'm a writer, I'm a director, and I'm an actor, because that doesn't really paint a clear picture of a, a human, um, which is why I have artists as one. But if you wanted to add in a new form of art or a new pathway, you could add that into one of your three. Okay, so then with your stories, like I said, do whatever the hell you want. It's behind the scenes. You connect with your audience. You can share other people's posts. This is really just a chance for to create dialogue. Um, you'll start to get people DMing you that they they are so comfortable that you're like, they act like they've known me for 10 years. That's a really good sign. That means that you're sharing and connecting to, to people. And even if those people, again, are um, not not ever going to hire you. It just shows that you're, you, what you're making is connecting with someone so that someone else who will give you money or will, you know, be an amazing audience member is also having that same experience. Mm -hmm. So I guess reminder is just to keep showing up consistently as if people care until they do care. That I think is just the ultimate thing to come back to um, with all of this. Before you get into the q and I think y'all, this may not relate as much to the people listening, but the, at least who we're talking to today, the Italia Theater Company, you all have been on stage. You all have been on stage during the pandemic. I've, I, I heard uh, your um, uh, White Rabbit, Red, 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 oh boy. <laughs> it's really <laughs> White Rabbit, Red Rabbit. Yeah, and so you had a small audience there in person and you had a larger audience online. And I think if you have performed in the pandemic, uh, in any way, shape, or form, whether you try to do something on social media or whether you've done uh, production at, at the level that you did, which was awesome, uh, you know what it's like to perform to a less than full auditorium or less than full venue, which, mean, which means uh, you, you really have to just own that spotlight and keep talking and, you know, as if everyone's there because they are. And, um, and maybe they haven't found you yet, or maybe they're on the other side of a screen that you don't get to interact with them personally. It's difficult, but that's the, like, you have experience doing that, y'all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. all I have. I have a couple minutes left. Do y'all have questions? And you can always email me. Yeah, I have a question. Please. Um, 
I've been thinking about this so often recently because I feel like even my personal account, I feel like with the company it's acceptable, but even with my personal account, all I've been doing is like asking for money. Mm-hmm. And not only is it low-key embarrassing, it's also sometimes degrading. So how do I, how do you suggest we balance not starting and stopping, making it consistent, but not overwhelm our audience, especially if it's not sharing like behind the scenes stuff, but asking stuff of them, like buy tickets, donate money, this and that. I think it's going to come back to adding in things, right? So that when you do make an ask, it's not the last time that it's not like every time they hear from you, it's an ask. Because if they're, if you're building, if you think about, I mean, you're, you're essentially creating a connection, building a story between, between where you were, where you are, where you're going. And so continuing to show up, like maybe right now you're not selling tickets, you're not asking for money now is the perfect time then to be sharing value, right? To offering, offer uh, behind the scenes, figuring out like what those three things are for you. Maybe it is just like going back and showing, here are some screenshots from our last performance. These are some things I learned doing it, um, having things like that. I also, this is a hack that I've used um, that I think more people should use is, so when I'm creating content for TikTok, I do it as soon as I get off a call with a, se- a session with a client. Um, I just really synthesize uh, something that we talked about and I make it into a 60 second piece of content. I would do the exact same thing every time you do anything for your business. So if you get off a meeting, um, then it's like hopping off, sharing on your stories and being like, we just had this meeting and these are the things that we talked about. These are our challenges. Like it's, it's of course hard to be a filmmaker, but, or a theater maker, but I love it and I wouldn't have it any other way. Like something as simple as that, or like right now we're like trying to deal with logistics for, um, for f- making a piece of theater during COVID. Like these are some of our struggles, right? Like just that behind the scenes. And I think that it can get easier as you just put it in, tack it on as the end, as like your closing ritual for any kind of work that you're doing. Right. So even if it is that you're filming a self tape, then you get off and you're like, oh, I love playing this kind of character. And like, this is so fun. Right. Just remembering that people want to be part of that journey, not just part of the destination. It's like so much more satisfying to watch someone create something and to like, it's like watching a movie, right? Like you don't just want to see the resolution. You want to see how they got to the resolution. So just finding these ways to offer value, to share little things that you're going through as like in real time. Okay. Thank so, you. I, I, that's oh, go ahead, Lou. Okay. Uh, like one of the things that we're uh, going through right now is like trying to find the aesthetics of our social media. And some ideas that I have, for instance, are like a lot like, you know, posting videos in the reels or something like very with the TikTok aesthetics. And at the same time, I get, uh, I'm conflicted because we're a theater company and we wanna come across as professional and not Instagrammers or TikTokers and stuff like that. But at the same time, we're, we are young and our audience is young. So I, I wanna know kind of how to balance you know, being able to communicate with our audience in a way that they're going to listen to us and at the same time come across as a professional theater company and serious and we we have real and good content. So you and I talked about this yesterday um, and I, I, I don't want to take it from you. Go ahead. No, okay, go cool. Ahead. So, so this is a big, a couple of things. First off, I wouldn't spend, my, my personal advice is to not not to worry too much about the aesthetics and if you change them, right? Like you're going to post something and then you're going to post something else and it's going to, people are going to like forget about the first one, you know, sort of thing. Like what you post once and then if you change your aesthetics the next time to something different or something like that, it's okay because that's people's memory. It doesn't, it doesn't last as long as we think it does. Then the next, the second thing is, big brands and the this and, and older celebrities have this mystique they want to have this air of professionality quote unquote that uh i mean a great example angelina jolie is who we talked about yesterday um and 
that is no that that was a trend and that worked really well for them back in the day but now the trends are are like the people who are really successful at social media are the ones who are kind of opening up their lives look at jack black uh reese witherspoon, reese witherspoon you know who are like who's yeah you yeah you like like uh, doing stuff with her son and, and things like that so a lot of celebrities n- now might appear to be successful on social media because they're celebrities and they're like not giving they're not like giving a lot they're just posting you know editorial pictures of them or whatever but the ones who are actually succeeding the ones who are getting so much engagement are the ones that are giving and opening up that door into their lives because that's what your generation and the generation that comes after you is really into is that authenticity that you know sort of backstage view uh you're you're not like you are you are approachable but like living the dream life I think also something to to remember is that your work speaks for itself. So you like have you put on sh- like you're a group of young people who put on theater. That in and of itself is badass. So it's not yeah. going to take anything away to show behind the scenes. It's not going to take anything away from that to be silly. If anything, it's just going to invite people in more um, because you do have something that you can point to and be like, no, this is like all of the this is like what we can create, and that does even that bridges the gap between you and um the people what i would say behind you right is showing like oh it's actually not even that far right at the beginning we were talking about like when you're trying to make it look like you're important that usually is coming from doubting that you believe that what you have is like important enough right so if you just trusted fully that you're like what i have to say all of the things that we're creating are valuable now i'm just gonna like play and have fun on on tiktok or on instagram or whatever and trusting that it's not going to take away from from what you've already built. Awesome. Can we do one more? Is that? Yeah, no, let's do one, one more. more. I have a, yes, let's do one more. Okay. Um, really quickly, I just wanted to make a comment about something that you said earlier. I like talk to people as if they're listening, even when they're not until they are listening. I think that's something that I like, um, I understood by watching your stories on Instagram, because like I, I'm starting to understand the difference between what I think people think and what they actually think and how I'm never going to know what they actually think. But watching your stories, I just assumed people were listening to you. So I like, I tuned in and I, and I started listening to you. I just assumed that like, Oh, like she must have a following. Like, you know I mean? People must be listening to her. And I think that's something that I don't think about myself. Like I don't think when on my personal account that people are listening but I don't know what people are thinking. I don't know what. So yeah, maybe other people look at my stories and think, oh, people must be listening to her and they just assume. So that's something that I'm starting to realize. Um, and a quick question I had um, is I'm taking a design class right now and we're talking about like fonts and how to like put things on paper and, and stuff and how to make them look good. Do you think any of that matters? So for example, like on my personal account, when I post the story, I, I like overthink the font. I'm like, it, does it look better with this font, with this font? Like, is it look better if I make the picture smaller, if I put the text next to it or under it? Do you think any of that matters? We're probably gonna have different answers. Uh, I, I, I feel you, I'm, I'm with you. And I'm gonna agree with Whitney actually. Oh. The answer is no. Uh, <laughs> the amount of hours I've spent worrying about a font or the colors or, I mean, like to a degree, it, it does matter, but like not as much as you think, I guess. Yeah. How, how much time did you spend on the font on this presentation? None. Exactly. But, uh, well, but also, did. I mean, yeah, someone else did. But, and, and again, not that your time learning that skill is for waste. Like, of course not. I mean, like my stories are the most basic Canva template available that my assistant just like plugs in the, the things that we come up with, right? So it's not that I want it to be ugly or anything like that, but also keeping in mind that anything that you make that looks like an ad, people will scroll past so almost if you look, if it looks too good, people are going to be like, that's an ad and just like swipe right past it. So even like, like if you're using, I think that I was looking at the Italia page, like I know that y'all have like a really beautiful scheme of like the quotes and things like that. If you're able to, like, I think those are great. Um, and I also think you could mix in a lot more real life things. So mm-hmm. even if you came up with, so you just did like every other, like one is just, is like a photo that's like silly and goofy and very fresh and mixed in with those quotes so that then you know when invest what we want is like an investor a year from now to look back and be like who are these people 
oh, they have this like baller social media. Yeah, investors for sure say baller. Um, but they're like, they have this amazing like engagement and all this and it's very professional. But then just knowing that the people are, are going to be a lot more likely to engage with something if it shows your face, if you're smiling, if it's even if it's just a shot from your iPhone that like maybe does or doesn't have a filter on it, right? Like those are going to create that like authenticity that people are more likely to engage with your super fans right are going to still engage with the quote quote things but most people will scroll past it because they'll just think it's an ad without reading it mm -hmm. but i do love um something y'all have done like i i do this on my stories is just being really consistent with what it looks like because then people do catch on when they realize it's not an ad then when they see it they're like oh like like for me on my stories, I always share, it looks exactly the same, right? When I post a podcast for the week, it's like a little click through thing and it does look like an ad and people for sure skip past it. But other people are like, oh, that's right. It's podcast time. Let me like read what this one's about and see if I want to listen to this episode, right? So being consistent, I do think is helpful, but I do think that it, especially with what you're doing is not um, something to spend a ton of time yeah. I think a general rule of thumb here is if it stops, if anything, aesthetics, font, design, anything in any shape, form, if it's stopping you from putting content out there, other than like, is this racist? <laughs> like that's an important question to ask yourself. But if there's any, if there's anything that's stopping you from putting the content out there, it's probably not worth your time. Yeah. I would say you should probably just put it out there. Yeah. John and I have a uh, life motto of B minus work. So if it's good enough to get a B minus, then it's probably good enough to go out into the world because most of the time what the actual hang up is, is that perfectionism and trying to get it to an A plus, but usually the difference between what we think is B minus and what we think is A plus is like pretty nominal and most people aren't going to notice anyway. Very cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you all so much. First off, your work is so amazing. And we're just, I'm so grateful to be part of, of your community. And I'm so excited to see what's next. But thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's truly inspiring. Thanks so much for listening. If you're ready to take this work even deeper and to start creating real results, follow the link in my show notes to coach with me in the Abundant Artist Academy, a community of creatives who are tired of being struggling artists and who are ready to start creating more in their lives, more happiness, more bookings, and more money. I'll see you on the inside.